This is KBOO News In-Depth. I'm Althea Billings. Oregon lawmakers are in Salem for their short session for the next five weeks. One critical issue they're discussing is Measure 110, Oregon's drug decriminalization measure. Lawmakers have announced their intention to recriminalize drugs through House Bill 4002. But that's only half of what Measure 110 does. It also redirected cannabis tax dollars toward treatment and recovery services, an unprecedented investment for Oregon. Each county created a Behavioral Health Resource Network, or BURN, to disperse these funds. On KBOO News In-Depth, we've been speaking with BURN service providers to learn more about their work. Today, we chat with Talia Anderson. She's a full-spectrum doula and proprietor of Yassine's Love, a culturally specific doula service in Portland that also serves parents with substance use disorder. You're a very accomplished person with certifications as a birth and postpartum doula and as a recovery mentor. What does your work look like? Ooh, my work is busy. Always. It's, it feels like, uh, and then there are, there are peaceful moments. It is rewarding, though. I have to say that it's very rewarding. The reason why I say that is because um, to support some families at such a vulnerable time is probably like the best part of it. Um, To be able to be there and and hold space in a way that most of the families that I've supported, they have not experienced, considering that my program is culturally and linguistically uh, appropriate for the community that I serve. A lot of times the people that I've served say that they've never felt support like that before or it was amazing. So I think that that feedback makes the hustle and bustle worth it, you know, Um, the effectiveness of the people that we serve and how we serve them. What does it look like day to day? It can look very peaceful and uh, not a whole lot of busyness. And then some days I wake up and I... I'm busy from the moment that I wake up to the moment that I lay down. It depends on what type of day it is, what's going on with uh, with my community as far as, like, the people, the women that I support um, and people that identify as women that I support. I uh, it, can, it can be either way. It can be really slow and steady, and then some days can seem very chaotic. How did you get started in this type of work? I started doing this work eight years ago with a program called Project Nurture. They were a pilot program when I started with them. Um, They had not created the doula peer role. I helped create that role within that program. Um, I was with them for four, almost five years. And uh, on my fourth year with them, I started to create my own program. I wasn't quite sure where it would go, but I did know that People in my community, meaning the black and African-American or Native American community, were still struggling, even with the support from Project Nurture. They needed something more culturally specific to help with the trauma and um, the the historical trauma, the generational trauma, the type of things that in certain communities we experience. And so because they didn't feel that part of them was supported, but everything else and it was effective, Um, I started to think about a program that was more specific for my community. 
Well, you also serve pregnant people who have a substance use disorder, and that's a more common overlap than people might think. Uh, at a research yep. conference on Oregon Measure 110, I heard the statistic that one in 10 birthing people have a substance use disorder diagnosis at the time of delivery. Uh, yep. So so what goes into serving someone who is pregnant and has substance use disorder? Um, considering their background, what is the immediate support that they need, meaning do they need peer support to help them get resources for housing? Um, do they need resources for food? Uh, do they need resources for clothing for their other children? Do they have DHS involvement? Do they need resources uh, or uh, advocacy and support in that space? Um, what does that look like in a whole in supporting them even after they birth and give birth to their um baby that they are currently pregnant with will they have dhs involvement and what will that look like um so it's just it just depends on the person and and i think that's the reason why i love this type of support is it's tailor-made for the client it's not a it's not a, a a carbon copy type support it's not something that i can actually like go to some type of literature and figure it out for every person that i serve sometimes it's However they come, that's, how, that's definitely how I have to meet them is where they're at and supporting them from that place on. Um, sometimes they're actively using. Sometimes they're not. They have a history of drug use and they're afraid that the pregnancy may trigger a relapse or they have a history of mental health and they are afraid that the pregnancy may trigger uh, a mental decomp and so they come for support. So your doula service, Yasin's Love received funding from Measure 110 through the Behavioral Health Resource Network Allocation, or BURN, funding. Can you tell me a little bit about the process of getting those funds and what it's allowed you to do? The process was, ooh, something different. I have never thought that I would even get any type of funding to support the work that I did. So, of course, I approached it reluctantly at first. I didn't know what to expect. But it has allowed me to expand my work. I've been able to hire staff to do the same type of work that I do. Um, so, of course, that means serving more, more people. I've been able to move into a brick and mortar. At first, I was working from home. I had a home office, and I've been able to uh, move into a space where me and my staff can work out of. We can meet clients. Our, our space is a space that is culturally appropriate and supportive and, and, and pretty much trauma-informed space. Uh, what I mean by that is that when you come into Yasin's Love, it is a space that is built for families. It's kid-friendly. There's toys. There's uh, art in there that, that is a representation of the community that we serve. And so it's really welcome into our community. Um, I think that that is something that definitely Measure 110 allowed us to do. Um, to give harm reduction uh, resources like Narcan, Plan B, uh, some of the things that people come to us and ask us for, um, we are able to supply them with. Of course, wound care supplies if we have IV uh, drug use within our um, population that we serve. We have uh, other things that we can give our – we have a lot of donations from people out in the community, and now that we have space where we can hold it, um, diapers, uh, breastfeeding supplies for moms that are may not have the fun, may not have the money to buy those things, and we can 
pretty much give them to them because they're donated to us. And so Measure 110 has made it possible for us to do a lot of work, a lot of work within the community, especially um, in the BIPOC community. How have you seen your work or the work in your field change as a result of Measure 110? The way that it has impacted families, I would say that's the reason why Measure 110 was brought about, right, to decriminalize mental health and addiction affected people within our community, specifically within the black community, right? And so a lot of times when we are supporting people in these spaces, like I said, they're they're, they're involved with um, DHS or probation and parole. And so to support them through something that is can be really scary and for them to feel supported in that space, to have someone advocate and say what it is they need and what they want, what would they like to see happen with their family, what are they, what are their, uh, what they're trying to go after? I would say Measure One Ten helped my program impact the community greatly in that way, especially families, because we support we support pregnant people, but at the end of the day, it impacts families. A lot of times, we have partners that ask us for resources, and we're able to give them access to resources. So yeah, I would say it. It impacted us great in a in a really positive way. Are there aspects of your work that you find are misunderstood? Absolutely. Why is someone pregnant using? That's the one thing that in the beginning of the work, I heard not only from the community, but also from providers. I don't understand why they just can't stop if they're pregnant. And sometimes it's not that easy. Sometimes you need to feel supported. Sometimes you need other resources. You know, sometimes they may want to adopt out baby and not uh, parent and, and, and not feel guilty or ashamed about it. And so, um, yeah, there, that, I think that's the biggest misconception is that once someone becomes pregnant, they should be able to do whatever they need to do to be a parent to the child that they're pregnant with, when sometimes that may not be the approach that they are looking for support for. You know, they may... Be look for support for to adopt their baby out. They may look for support to go into treatment and possibly parent, or you know, but you won't know if you don't ask them and ask what they would like to see happen. And that's the type of support that Yasin's Love provides. How many clients are you serving at a given time between yourself and your staff? Oh goodness, I think this last data we served. 12 in a three-month period. So it, that's about the average between between 10 to 12 women in a three-month period. Um, we've had a couple of, I, I want to say that the biggest thing that we're finding out now is that postpartum support is needed, and I did not ask for help in funding for postpartum support. So I think that we are finding out that clients are sticking around, peers are sticking around a little bit longer for peer support in their postpartum period. What do you wish people knew about your work as a doula or a substance use recovery mentor? I wish that they knew that addiction is not a moral deficiency. I wish that they knew that when people struggle with mental health, it wasn't because they are incapable of being uh, having their mental health ma- maintained. I wish that people knew that mental health is not something that anybody should be criminalized for. 
um, support and community is needed more than anything in both of those aspects. And so I wish that people, more people in the community knew that. If our listeners are interested in learning more about Yasin's love or what we've talked about today, where could they find out more? They can reach out to us. Yasin's love, you can find us on our website, which is still being built, uh, but there is a contact um, that you can fill out there and reach out to us, and we will definitely reach out back. You can send an email to our personal email, and that's Yasin's love at outlook.com. Um, that is another way that we can be reached. Our uh, website is www.yasinslove.com. Um, those are two ways. And then, of course, directly um, to me, 971-990-9326. Those are some of the ways you can reach out to us, and someone will definitely respond. That was Talia Anderson, full-spectrum doula and proprietor of Yasin's Love, a culturally specific doula service in Portland that also serves patients with substance use disorder. More information about Yasin's Love is online at yasinslove.com. That's Y-A-S-I-I-N-L-U-V.com. For KBU News In-Depth, I'm Althea Billings.